Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Thank you so much, and welcome everyone, uh, wherever you are in the world, and whenever you are listening, welcome. We are greatly, greatly honored by your presence. We know there's so many things you could spend your time doing, and so many things that demand your time. We really appreciate taking a few minutes with us here today. Uh, We started this program uh, 12, 14 years ago, and we tried to give you a couple of things. One, something to challenge you and think about this week. Number two, something to apply to your life this week that hopefully will make your week a little better and every once in a while, maybe the rest of your life a little better, Uh, and something for you to pray and meditate about this week. Um, So uh, most weeks, that includes body, mind, spirit. I would say sometimes it's spirit, mind. Um, But we want to challenge you. We want to give you something, and we want you to pray and meditate over something that we believe you need to do regularly anyway. Uh, Of course, that's up for you to decide. I also want to apologize in advance. Um, I'm on a cell phone, which I never do. But we moved last week, and uh, I do not have a hard line in my new house yet. So this is my only option. So... If if I don't sound as clear as normal, that's why. I apologize. They're supposed to come tomorrow to install the hard lines, but I, I hope we'll be okay. All right. Uh, the spiritual law for this week, uh, let me say it, uh, and then we'll talk about it. It's so much easier to choose to love the things you have than want the things you don't. Let me say it one more time. It is so much easier to choose to love the things you have than to want the things you don't. All right. Now, this may sound a little third-grade-ish on the surface. Uh, That's not any big revelation to me. Of, Of course. But when you dig down, it gets into, like, graduate school-level stuff, okay? Uh, The people that I've counseled over the last 30 years or so, if they were sitting on my couch and I just said to them what I said to you, you know, it's so much easier to choose, blah, 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 most of them would agree with that pretty quickly, right off the cuff, okay? But... Almost none of them are doing it in their lives. So 
it's not so much the intellectual knowledge. I think most of us inherently have that about that statement, uh, that quote. And, and I quote a lot of different people. This one happens to be for me. But it's not the intellectual knowing. It's the experience. It's feeling it, experiencing it, living it. That's the issue. Okay? So let's get into this a little bit. Now, let me make the same statement, but say it in a little bit different way, which is, which is, may give you a little more clarification. It's so much easier to change to choose to love the things you have than want the things that you imagine you're missing. And note the word imagine, because it's usually not true. And whichever of those two you choose, either to love what you have or to want what you imagine you don't have, Whichever of those you choose, become more and more and more every single day until you get to be 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, and you're consumed with what you imagine you don't have. And loving what you do have seems like you know, something way off in the distance that you really can't even relate to because you have so much pain in your life that you want to be gone and so much pleasure and good things in your life that you want but are still chasing and don't have, or maybe you've given up chasing but still want it. You just don't think it's possible anymore. Um, clients that are suicidal, okay, I'm asked this question sometimes. Every one of them wants to live. Every one of them. I've never had an exception. They just get to a place where they don't think it's possible anymore. They are in so much pain, they get to a breaking point where they think this cannot go on. But every one of them would tell you, I don't want to die. I would love to keep living. I just can't keep living in this situation, all right? So that's what I'm talking about. And whichever of those you choose, and you choose it many times every day, it grows. So if your choice is to want what you imagine you don't have, that feeling of wanting something that you don't have typically does not get less it gets more and more and more until you finally give up and probably are not suicidal in giving up, but you give up. And so your life is just consumed with routines and love substitutes and destructive habits, maybe even an addiction, and you're just kind of apathetic. And that is that is the worst place to get to, okay? Anger is better than apathy. Hate is better than apathy. Almost anything is better than apathy, all right? And wanting what you imagine you don't have 
is related to anger and hatred and all that, everything else like that. I could name a hundred of them, okay? Those are all related to I'm still trying to get what I want. I'm still active. I'm still doing stuff. I'm still, you know, working toward my life. Apathy is on the other side of anger or hatred when you've still not chosen love, you've still not gotten what you want, but you've given up. And that is the worst place and the saddest place of all. And, man, it just breaks my heart when I have a client who has gotten to that place. And it's much more difficult to get back from there than it is the anger, hatred, um, etc. Low self-worth, unforgiveness. Okay. So whichever you choose, and you'll tend to choose one or the other for almost everything in your life. Now, there may be one or two things where you're really wanting what you imagine you don't have, but there's one or two things where you love what you do have. And I'm not talking about you love a piece of furniture. I'm talking about the person you're with, the people that are in your life, your work, your job, where you live, uh, kind of those big things of life, okay? Whichever one you choose, it'll grow and become more and more and more until if you're choosing love, you end up at this incredible place of almost nothing can hurt me. Nothing can get me, okay? Uh, I just feel it. I mean, I had bad things happen just like other people, right? But they don't get me, and they used to get me, okay? Knock me sideways. I used to um, – uh, I grew up a big uh, uh, sports sports person. I played all kinds of sports, went to university on an athletic scholarship, watched sports, was a fan of sports, okay? If my team lost a sports game, I easily could be angry for the next five or six days, and it would greatly affect hope. Uh, It would affect my work. It affected my health, I know, okay, right? Well, that's wanting something that I imagine I need, but I never really needed it, okay? So whichever one you do becomes more and more and more, all right? For me, back before Hope kicked me out of the house, the first 28 years of my life, yeah, I wanted good relationships, of course, like everybody else. I felt bad when I was crossways with somebody. But that wasn't the biggest thing for me. The biggest thing for me was pain and pleasure. The biggest thing for me was money and the stuff that money would buy, including time, including vacations, including uh, uh, a hot tub to go out at night at the end of the day and relax in. Money would buy that. And, oh, it felt so good, okay? Sex was a big one. 
I grew up, I believe, with an addiction to lust, as most men that I've worked with have. Uh, very few exceptions to that. I think that's why pornography is, if it's already not, probably destined to become the greatest addiction in the history of mankind, at least until something bigger comes along, all right? But sex was always big to me, and fun. I was always the make a game out of something. You know, find some way to clean the garage, having fun. Turn music on and dance while you're uh, cleaning the garage. But I could never dance. Hope, hope laughs at me whenever I try to dance. But that's okay. I was having fun, all right? So for the first 28 years of my life, it was not about loving what I have. It was about getting what I wanted that I imagined I needed. But I never really needed it. That's the big lie. And chances are you don't need most of what you imagine you want either. All right? Well, my focus on money, sex, and fun, of course, was an external circumstance, which means it spiked my stress, which means meant I ended up with every single part of my life sliding into the ditch at the same time when I was about 28. And the cause of that, uh, the, the number one cause, I believe, was I was not right with God. After that, the cause was wanting what I imagined I needed or wanted when I really didn't. And they were almost all expectation, circumstantial, which spiked my stress and I was about to go financially bankrupt. I felt bad all the time, had acid reflux, really bad, had migraine headaches very frequently, a number of other symptoms. Hope was about to kick me out of the house, say I can't stand to live with you anymore, et cetera. Okay? So when your focus is on what you imagine that you need or want, rather than on loving what you have, it puts you into a chronic state of spiked stress. So when hope did kick me out of the house, which was to that point in my life, I would say probably the biggest trauma of my life, uh, not long after that, my mother would die, which uh, may have been bigger in a way. At the time she died, I was closer to her than anyone in the world, including Hope. But at, at, at the time it happened, Hope kicking me out of the house was the biggest trauma I'd ever experienced, okay? And it shook me to my core. It made me reexamine everything in my life, and not in a superficial way, but in a very intensive, serious way actually willing to let go of some of what I wanted in order to get right in my life because I felt like I was drowning. And if you've read the love code, some of this is familiar, but what happened is I felt, I heard a voice after Hope kicked me out of the house and I stayed up all night long in my parents' house. I believe the voice was God. It was not an audible voice. It was in my mind and I knew it was in my mind. But the voice said, 
Alex, not only do you not love hope, you don't even know what love is. And it it really made me mad when I thought that, when I heard that. That's not something I would think about myself. I taught love then. That was my job. I was the love guy. When people wanted to know about love, they came to me. All right? So that was a little bit offensive to me. But I couldn't get it out of my mind. I couldn't get it out of my heart. I couldn't get it out of my head. And so I was constantly thinking about it day after day after day. Did some research, to make a long story short, read the love code if you want to know more. I came to the conclusion that the voice was right. That not only did I not love hope to that point, I didn't even know what love was. And I believe I came to experience, not just intellectually, but experience, what real love was, and it changed everything in my life in a very short period of time. And it's not, it was not me changing by effort and willpower to change. It, it's not something I did. It was something that was done to me on the inside that changed everything effortlessly. And after that, I thought different. I felt different. I acted different. And I've made more mistakes than any person I know since then, but I've never gone back to that person I was before that. And and one of the main shifts, the first one was I got right with God. The second one is my have-tos changed to want-tos. In other words, The things I felt like or imagined that I wanted or needed in order to be okay all became secondary, every one of them. Every one of them became, however you want to say it, back burner, not urgent. This may happen, this may not. It doesn't matter that much either way. Sure, I would rather have this. But if I don't get it, I'm not going to be devastated. I'm not going to be angry. Disappointed? Yeah, maybe. But fine. And I'll bounce back quickly. And that has been true ever since that time. Okay? But what I chose from that time to this, and again, lots of exceptions, but pretty consistently and better and better all the time, still today, is to love what I have. Man, I've got a wonderful wife. I've got great kids. Even if I didn't have that, I have a God who's incapable of anything but love, who loves me more than anyone ever has or will. I've got today. You know, nobody has tomorrow guaranteed, all right? So even if you've got some illness or disease, you've still got today. And the whole world may end tomorrow, which means the person without the disease is not any better off than the person with it, except for momentary pain. And momentary pain is often what takes us 
from I want to loving what I have. Okay? So that can be a blessing in a lot of ways and has been in my life and, and so many other people. So the result of choosing to love what I have, which I don't believe for me is possible without getting right with God, which I did, all right? But the difference in choosing to love what I have means instead of having my stress spike, because that's an expectation, the research by Dr. Dan Gilbert at Harvard, I get love, joy, peace, happiness, contentment, positive identity and worth, forgiveness, uh, a, a diminishing, if not elimination of stress, uh, a feeling of freedom, um, hoping I just move from one house to another. And I tell you what, a bunch of stuff, can make you feel kind of in bondage in a way. I mean, we're like, how did we get all this stuff? How do we have, you know, 12 of these things when all we need is one? Uh, and you got to do something with it. You got to store it. You got to unpack it and pack it and take it from one place to, you know, there's a freedom in, in being light in simplicity. Now, that doesn't mean that's what you have to do. Your path is different from mine. You may be called to be very wealthy and have all kinds of stuff. There's nothing wrong with that as long as you do it in love and use what you have in love, not just for yourself but to help others. But anyway, the bottom line, let me close with this. Let's, let's go back where we started. It's so much easier to choose to love the things you have than want the things you don't. If you want the things you don't, you're putting yourself in chronic stress for as long as you want those things or as long as you want anything that you don't have. If you choose to love the things you have, the stress goes away, replaced by love, joy, peace, contentment. When the stress goes away, illness and disease typically goes away, um, and and problems are just not that significant. When I'm choosing to want what I don't have, not getting something is very significant because that might threaten me not getting the new boat or the new house or the new job or the new partner or whatever it is, all right? But when you're choosing to love what you have, it's not a big deal because you have what you're supposed to have. And when you get something new that's exciting and fun and good, you're incredibly grateful. And you can fully enjoy it without any of the negative attached to it, all right? Uh, and, it's, and, and so I enjoy the hot tub way, way better today when I'm choosing to love what I have, which includes my hot tub. And, and I really tremendously enjoy it when I was choosing to want what I didn't have, even though I got a hot tub, it, it, it wasn't anywhere near as enjoyable as it is now. Because when I got into it, I was all stressed out and worried and thinking, how am I going to get this? And how am I going to get away from that? 
today I just relax and sing, listen to music, pray, talk to my family, and it's way, way better. So that's the other magic thing is when you choose to love what you have, it transforms what you have into something so much better and more enjoyable than having that same thing but being in a place of choosing to want what you imagine you don't have or need. But whichever one you do is going to grow and grow and grow. So do you want the stress to grow or do you want the love, joy, and peace to grow? It's your choice. Johanna, that's it for me. And uh, everyone, thank you. Have a wonderful, blessed day.